You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 259, Crimson Thorn, hosted by Dan Terry. Guys, I'm sorry, you can't make me pick between Limp Biscuit and Circleback. And Joseph Wren. Don't think keyboards like Death Clock. Think keyboards like The Doors. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you wonder why the thorns are red when the blood runs black, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. Crimson Thorn. Don't grab those roses, guys. It's still going to make you bleed. Is it going to make you bleed until your blood runs black? That's what happens after it coagulates. That's right. We learned that last week, didn't we? <laughs> that was when I was, whenever I was starting to be on vacation. I'm, I'm still on vacation. I'm, I'm probably, you know, eating Mickey Mouse shaped waffles right now. He's gonna come back, guys. I promise. Like today. Like I know what you're thinking, but it's not today. When you guys recorded this, you're right. But you know, when you're listening to it, that's today. He's probably on his way back right now. Yeah. At this point in the day, right now, I'm probably in the car not listening to whatever band we have to talk about as soon as I get back. Crimson Thorn, blast from the past. It's doomy, it's dirgy, it's death metal. It has real drums. It has real drums, Joe. You should be very excited about this. I am I know. the most excited. I've seen the drums live. <laughs> they are, in fact, real. Real drum set from Crimson Thorn. These guys are interesting to me because... They are one of the most recommended bands in Christian metal forums. Let me tell you something about Christian metal forums for a minute, or Christian metal Facebook groups as they're called now. They used to just be forums. You know, you'd, you'd get a free, uh, you'd get a, you know, like a pro boards, uh, free domain name, and you'd, you'd set up your Christian metal forum, and then people would come and talk about the Jesus metal with you. Well, that still exists, and uh, people are always jumping on those boards. And the most common types of posts you see on a Christian metal board is, hey, guys, I'm really into name a band that's popular in the mainstream. Can you guys recommend me any bands that sound like this except have Christian lyrics? At my age, that's pretty much equivalent to rubbing sandpaper on my scrotum. <laughs> Just go listen to some bands. If you like some, it's great. Where am I going with this? Where I'm going is that 9 out of 10 times, it does not matter what band you mention. If you say, I'm a huge fan of Nickelback, you're going to get three responses. You're going to get, you should check out Demon Hunter, you, which isn't necessarily that far off base. Um, <laughs> you'll get Striper, which is way off base. Still awesome, but way off base. Or you're going to get Horde, because the person responding to you is a troll and... They think that the only type of music that you can listen to is that raw, raw, unblack metal. Who's this cries for my past guy? I used to be that guy. It didn't matter what band you said. I would always respond with Horde. But uh, another band that gets mentioned, especially if somebody's like, hey, guys, I'm really into bands like Carcass and Cannibal Corpse. What are your guys' recommendations? Uh, it's going to be a 50-50 split. People are going to say Mortification, Scrolls of the Megaloth. Good wreck. Good wreck. But they're also going to say anything by Crimson Thorn. And they may even go into a diatribe about how Crimson Thorn is the heaviest Christian death metal band to ever exist. And honestly, that's um, factually incorrect for this year. But at the time that this band was putting out records, it may have been true. 
look back on 1995, 1997. I've made all these references before. Napalm Death, Cannibal Corpse. There was an entire genre of heavy music with thrash influences. It's death metal, guys. And this is one of those examples where you can't understand a damn thing he's saying. But because the rest of the band is so unapologetically heavy, it becomes part of the enjoyment to just listen to the growling throat noises. Barney from Napalm Death, this is not. But major influence? Absolutely. I don't know about that. Maybe. I don't know. The biggest influence I hear vocally in Crimson Thorn is suffocation. Very, uh, these guys listen to Afri- Effigy of the Forgotten. You know, they, they just did. And, and I listen to it also. And I also listen to Crimson Thorn. So that's kind of, that's kind of meta. Uh, I think these guys really liked some suffocation or more accurately, their, uh, main guitarist slash frontman Luke Reno. Uh, he definitely dug him some suffocation. And I think that is, where most of the vocal influence comes from. Could be wrong about that, but uh, if it wasn't Suffocation, it was somebody else that listened to Suffocation that he listened to. So, I mean, it's it's there. Anyway, I'm going to get off this. I, I, I always like to take an opportunity to talk more about Suffocation. Well, before Dan schedules an impromptu revisit, I'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything discography discussion at discussmetal.com. We're on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. We do enjoy our five-star reviews here on Discography Discussion. If you want to leave us a review, leave us a review. You can leave us a star rating on Spotify, or you can leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts. It's your choice. I think also if you're on Podcast Addict, which is the podcast app that I use, uh, they actually will allow you to leave a review as well, a written review. So definitely check that out. It makes us feel better. Every now and again, we need a little bit of a pep up. So, uh, you know, uh, keep those happy feelings coming. Speaking of happy feelings, uh, over on Patreon, in reference to episode 255, A Hill to Die Upon, Lost Fiction commented, I was on board as you mentioned Behemoth. Somewhat a contradiction that A Hill to Die Upon are somewhat linked to a satanic band. But yeah, I'd love to hear you talk about Behemoth. It always comes down to that. You know, we start having a conversation and somebody tells me that I need to talk about Behemoth. And you know what I say? Okay, I will. Because I like Behemoth, and uh, I like a hill to die upon, and I, I, I like uh, I like sort of that weird contradiction, as you put it, of, of a band that came out of the Christian scene spending all their time listening to satanic metal. Uh, it's it, it's one of my favorite things about about that whole scenario. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely hear a lot of Behemoth in a hill to die upon, and uh, I say bring it on. Speaking of Patreon, do you want to shout out our beloved patrons, Dan? Let's do it. I mean, we we've got uh we've got quite the list. It's growing every month. I think as uh, Project Eighty Six put it, and like some sort of fungus, we're growing every day. And our Patreon subscribers are Evan Merkel, Lost Fiction, Kyle Driver, Timu, 
Ray Antia. Not bad. Dangerous Dave, Ryan Rowe, Richard Renz, Big T, Big T, Josiah Heiberg, Brandon Miranda, Ken Zapla, Jeremy Prince, Josh Moser, David Brown, Samuel Woodward, Brian the Dean, The Strat Cat, Lance Alligood, The King of Metal, Alexander, Patrick Asplund, Jeffrey De Los Santos, The Actual Mac. Thank you guys so much for just supporting the show, man. It, like, it means so much to me and, and to Joe and to Jeff, you know, just that you guys care enough to listen to us ramble on week after week about metal and then to also hear us ramble on even more about even more metal in the unofficial Patreon episodes. $1 a month gets you to that exclusive album review feed. Check out our perks. We do hangouts once a month. Once a month, we hang out with a whole lot of the people that are on that list that I just read. They're there, and we're there, and we, we talk. We have fun. We, we, we Sometimes we play games. We play Jackbox games. Sometimes we just sit down and we talk, and we have a good, deep conversation about a variety of different topics. So definitely make sure you're getting in on that if you want to talk. If you want to talk to us otherwise, you know, you can, you can always send us an email Another reason you might want to email us is if you want to sponsor an episode of the show. We are open to sponsorship. So if you have a band or a company that wants to sponsor an episode of this podcast, hit us up, danandjoeshow@gmail.com. Let us know what you got. So, Dan, tell me about Crimson Thorn. Well, Joe, Crimson Thorn is an American <laughs> death metal band. And um, according to the website All Music, they are surely one of the most one of the world's most extreme sounding Christian metal bands. Uh, I would agree with that, and I think that they they sort of came out around the time as a lot of other bands that we like from that scene. Uh, they've been around since 1991, starting off as kind of more of a thrash band, and then moving into death metal, very very much like Living Sacrifice made that change. As a matter of fact. They were even signed to REX Records at one point, just like Living Sacrifice. <laughs> but Crimson Thorn has always had kind of a kind of a rough go. I think. I think. I think part of it has to do with the fact that they were an evangelical Christian death metal band. Which, if you call up Steve Rowe from Mortification and ask him how easy it is to do that sort of thing, uh, he'll tell you it's not. A, it's not super super easy uh, to pull that off. But I got to give him credit for putting out three brutal platters of metal for us to talk about tonight like love it or hate it these guys made quite quite the strides for christian death metal even though i don't necessarily think they get the recognition in comparison to newer bands uh what do they sound like well they are like a sort of mid 90s i don't want to say early 90s because i think it's too heavy to be early 90s um, it's not quite like obituary, but it's like, I don't, they, they've got a very original sound, so it's hard to compare them to another band. But I would say that if you are a fan of bands like Carcass, like early Carcass, or um, even, even a little bit of Cannibal Corpse, minus maybe the speed of Cannibal Corpse, but that's kind of what I like about Crimson Thorn is instead of focusing just on blasting speed, they really let those riffs fly out in front and they just let them go wherever they naturally should go. And they just create a really, really bone-crunching death metal guitar sound with the drummer doing the best he can to keep up 
And then you've got a vocalist that has, I mean, honestly, some of the deepest vocals I've heard uh, from any band. And they're so proud of their vocals, in fact, that it, it even says in the liner notes of Unearth, in case anybody was wondering, it might say it on Dissection, too. It says no, absolutely no vocal effects were used <laughs> on any of these vocals. This is all him. If you're listening to Crimson Thorn, you're a fan of that mid-paced, very dry, throat-gurgling death metal sound. You mentioned it earlier. This is one of the bands that gets brought up in the conversation when someone is trying to get into this idea of Christian metal or good Christian metal, because that's most often what I saw. And there's a reason Crimson Thorn is brought up. Because if you're making a specific type of music, but giving it a religious tone or an evangelical tone, it does need to sound good, guys. When you had access to your Christian metal forums or your godcore.com and you're downloading samples and lower bitrate MP3s trying to find a good sounding band or an interesting band, Crimson Thorn was always one that sounded normal if death metal sounds normal in the early 2000s with our 56k modems. <laughs> well, Joe, I think that the band would be very happy to hear you say that because we and we'll we'll get into this when we're talking about the individual albums, but like the at the very least the first two did not used to sound this good. Uh they were I think they were recorded well. I think the I think the engineering was solid, but I think whoever mixed it either didn't know how to mix death metal properly because some of the original releases of these albums that I have that are, that are on like Rex and Atomic and like Little Rose and, and all that like I've because I've got three versions of Unearthed and I've got two versions of Dissection uh, and they both well three actually if you want to count the 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 Vault the most recent release where they just put them all together as as one giant release um, but those sounded real bad. <laughs> they were mixed badly. Um, it was it was just a mess. I mean, it sounded like mud, which I know is like part of the appeal for some people. If you go on YouTube and search up some of these albums, you might get somebody that uploaded the original, and you'll see what I'm talking about. So if you're gonna if you're gonna listen to Crimson Thorn, uh, you need to definitely buy like the uh, oh what do they call it? Anthology of Brutality, I believe it's called, uh, because these have all been remixed, <laughs> remastered. And now they sound great. 1995, Unearthed. So Unearthed is one hell of a debut for a band like this. Uh, I know that they'd had a demo before this called Plagued, so you know, don't send me an email being like, you guys forgot to talk about all the albums because you didn't talk about Plagued. Plagued's a demo and doesn't really sound like Crimson Thorn as we would know them after they put this record out, so... Uh, I, I, I've listened to Plague tons of times. They throw all the Plagued tracks usually at the end of the re-releases of this album and of Dissection. So even though I don't have a hard copy of the demo itself, uh, I have collected it more or less through re-releases of these albums. And this is really in-your-face mid-90s brutal death metal. It may not be, you know, 2022's brutal death metal, you know, but uh, I'll take this any day because of how organic it sounds. Um, they don't sound like they're in a million-dollar studio, but it's that rawness where the production isn't so bad that it takes away from the actual punch. And 
what you get is a very organic sounding, ultra deep guttural vocals, uh, bone crunching guitars. The drums are surprisingly audible for a record like this. Even even some of the classic death metal albums don't have drums that sound as good as this. Um, there's a like a really really nice beefy bass drum sound that I'm a pretty big fan of because uh, for a lot of death metal bands in the mid '90s, all the all the double bass started sounding really clicky, you know. And these are not clicky. These are these are deep in your face drums I, if there's a word to describe crimson thorn it's deep everybody wanted to be gene hoagland at some point that's where you get the click from with your slamming double bass lines but crimson thorn on this record reminds me of recording demos with the sound guy for your favorite music club who could kind of mix drums the record sounds very live and the way the bass drum is kind of shifted to one side of the mix makes me think that they may have recorded or at least scratched these tracks live all in the same room that on its own is a good reason to listen to this record because it sounds like the band you're going to hear live but it has that deep boxy sound I can only describe it as the same vibe you get on For the Incomplete by Soul Embraced. You said it. It's turned up so loud the production can pull away from the overall experience, but something about it just works. Whoever put this together cared enough about the vibe and cared enough about the music to make sure you could hear everything that's being played. No, the vocals aren't saying anything, but I don't care. I'm listening to throat shredding growling and that's what you want when you're listening to this type of death metal i'm gonna have to, i'm gonna have to call you out on that on this one he, he's pretty easy to understand compared to a lot of a lot of brutal death metal vocals i can hear i can hear him uh on i, I mean i don't know i i can hear the like i didn't even have there aren't even any lyrics included in the anthology of brutality and i can still i can still sing along to these songs um, decrepit, you know. Um, I don't know. I can hear every time he's like, "Your weakness makes me laugh." I don't know. There's a lot. <laughs> there, there's a lot of stuff. A, a lot of stuff that you hear, and I can I can pick words out fine. I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw them into a mashed potato mouth. He's not saying anything. This is not a this is not a grindcore release. You know, he's he's saying every single word that he wrote. I wish that the band was better about publishing their lyrics online. Uh, it's a little, it's a little irritating at times when I want to know some lyrics off a of dissection because on that record the vocals are a little harder to understand. But um, I think on this one it's rock solid. I, I want to know how they recorded the vocals because they they sound a lot different than I'm used to hearing from death metal vocalists from that time. We always kind of have a running joke that these Christian death metal bands always had like way more extreme vocals than a lot of the secular bands did. Uh, which is probably not like objectively true, but because I grew up with it, it just it felt like a cool thing to say if I didn't have anything else to say in my repertoire. But uh, yeah, this isn't heavy on the lead guitar work as much as I'm used to with with '90s death metal. There's not as much focus on leads. I mean, you're gonna get a you're gonna get a little solo here here and there, um, but you're not gonna get a, a whole lot of lead guitar work. This is this is a very rhythmically based 
sort of record. And I think that was an intentional choice. I don't, I don't think it's because dude, you know, couldn't play or couldn't play leads. I think, I think it was just more like, yeah, we want to keep this as dark and dingy and deep as possible. And, uh, Unearthed is a classic for me. I mean, I've been listening to it half my life and, um, I like it. I, as far as how well it stacks up to quote unquote secular death metal, uh, I'm actually going to say it. I, I think it, it, I think it stands toe to toe in a lot of, in a lot of places. Um, I don't think that there's any type of like lack of familiarity with the style. Um, I think these guys just wanted to sort of get a chapter in the book that mortification wrote and, uh, they wanted to put out their, their, you know, Christian heavy metal for the world to hear. And, uh, I think they did, I think they did a pretty bang up job on this record. Um, I think the songs and riffs are more memorable on this in comparison to later on in their catalog where they were focused on heaviness sure on this record, but they also crafted the songs to be much more memorable than we're going to get on say dissection. When we get to that one, it's time for that 1997 crimson thorn is still bringing the guttural. They're still bringing the dark it's not a one-off guys it's not an accident that this band gives you this extremely punk energized death metal a little bit more leads on this one but i think the lack of leads works when the goal is to have the crowd be engaged in the pit and in the rhythm and the energy of the song almost like sleeping giant how they play these long drawn out rhythmic passages to keep you engaged now we're listening to more throat shredding guttural vocals and that's exactly what you wanted and now you have a follow-up that might sound a little bit better it's definitely recorded better there's more separation in the instruments the guitars are turned up a little bit on this one if anything I liked the drums in the last one better because they sounded so raw and so in the moment. A little bit more production put into this one, a little bit more separation, but it's not a bad record. It's not even a bad follow-up to the previous. This sounds like my favorite band just put out another album, and it's Dissection by Crimson Thorn. What you have with dissection is every band that puts out a, every band that puts out on Earth. There's only one, only one band put out on Earth. And that was Crimson Thorn. <laughs> uh, but every band like this, you know, that that establishes a reputation for being, you know, the most extreme or the heaviest or or whatever. You're kind of caught between: Do I want to continue writing songs that are super memorable, like I did? on on the first record or do i want to go for the throat and be heavier and more extreme like do do i want to up the ante so that i can still be the undisputed king you know of heaviness but i think with dissection they they kind of they kind of did both because this record is this record is heavier than unearthed i don't know if it's heavy enough for me to like make a big statement about it you know, necessarily, I think it's like 12% heavier than Unearthed, right? Because uh, you're still using a lot of the same tricks to to achieve that level of extremity. Um, but what I do like is the vocals are mixed differently. They're not quite as um, upfront. I felt like the vocals were really loud on Unearthed, and I liked that. But I kind of like 
I kind of like the air that's between like the microphone and my ears uh, that, that's kind of going on here. I don't know how to describe it in production terms, but uh, it just the vocals are, are kind of more into the in the music than they are on top of the music, if that makes sense. And um, instead of just the deep guttural vocals throughout the entire thing, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's mostly that. So if that's if that's why you're here, then you're you know you you won't be disappointed. Uh, <laughs> but he he does like he does a little bit more like mid to, mid to high range uh, growls and screams on this that I think sound really really good. I think that the guitar tone is more brutal. There's a little bit more lead work on this record, uh, like Joe mentioned. And uh, the riffs are catchy, and it's interesting because I would say for most of the A side of this record, this band is still doing what they did before, only better. It isn't until you get to, like, track six, I would say. I think that one's called All Authority, um, where all of a sudden you're hearing, like, cathedral keyboards and stuff. It's like... It's almost a little bit black metal, but it's not it's not quite there. But somebody somebody listened to an Emperor record, you know, between between these two. Uh, and you know what? That's as close to black metal as they get on this record. More about that later. Uh, but this one is interesting in that the first half of it just pummels you to death. But then you get about midway through the record. And this is kind of one of my favorite things. You know, I love deep cuts in a record and so they start kind of messing with the sound <laughs> after you get through the first half they start they start throwing some of those different elements in there and uh i think i think it works really really well like the song i ask is like a one minute 39 second song it starts off you know kind of kind of like grind kind of like black metal it's like intentionally lo-fi it's a lot of fun it, it's a lot of fun they they did they had more fun overall I think with the writing of this record and it doesn't take itself quite as musically seriously as Unearthed and I'm kind of 50-50 on that some days I love that aspect of it because like I said I, I love the first half of Dissection a lot and I appreciate the second half of it but I, 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 I'm not always in the mood to listen to the second half sometimes I just want more Unearthed you know um, the version of this that I have, by the way, in the um, the special edition, or not special edition, but the anthology edition, there's actually a cover of Anorexia Spiritual by Living Sacrifice uh, on here, uh, which is interesting hearing they're kind of, it's kind of meta because like I said on, on Crimson Thorns Plague demo, they were kind of more of a thrash metal band, but now they're like, you know, the death metal monster machine Crimson Thorn. And then they're gonna play a living sac one of living sacrifices thrash songs, and so like they're they're they were thrash and then they were death metal and then they came back to being thrash uh, for this cover. It's cool. It, it's interesting. It's almost like it's almost like what Crimson Thorn would sound like if they had always stuck with thrash. If you're gonna stop playing heavy riffs for a few minutes, and you want to play the black metal keyboards to keep everyone engaged. That's like lighting the fuse and the fire in the pit because everybody knows where it's going to go. And I think most of the time, black metal is not that far from death metal. So it works. If you want to stick your toes in the water and give everyone that unexpected break that's not complete brutality, I think it works creatively. I think it works from a production standpoint. It definitely works from the album standpoint. Take a breath, 
Now We're Heavy Again. I don't think this album is the standout, but it fits right in with Unearthed, and I'm still enjoying it. So what else do you want from your death metal band this week, Dan? Well, it's interesting because... I feel like this one's a fan favorite. I know for a long time this was the harder one to get because I had a couple of copies of Unearthed, but Dissection was always kind of elusive until I finally found a dude online that had it, and I was like, "Just take, just take my money. I don't, I don't care how much it costs. <laughs> just, just send me the records." Uh, but yeah, this one's harder to harder to come by. I don't like it more than Unearthed, but I also think that that could just be because. Uh, Unearth was kind of the classic. It was the first one that I heard. And like I said, I think the songs are just a little bit more memorable. I think that Unearth has dissection beat in the songwriting category a little bit more. And I don't care that maybe it sounds a little bit worse than <laughs> dissection. I mean, I listen to extreme metal. I don't really care that much how it, how it sounds unless I like literally can't hear it. Uh, but yeah, I think it's I think it's a really, really, really good second album and just a hair behind the first. But we, you know, we have to talk about the Striper cover because I'm of, I'm of two minds about this cover. They, they covered Loud and Clear by Striper. Now, I'm not some massive Striper fan, as you'll find out when we do an episode on Striper eventually. Um, I'm not, like, necessarily part of the club. More of a Christian death metal guy, less of a Christian hair metal guy. But this is a really, really, really good cover of a Striper song. But it's also so bananas as to why it's even here that I'm flabbergasted because, like, musically, you know, they've got their, their I don't know, they're playing this, they're playing this song that was more, more than, more or less recorded in standard by the original band, and they're playing it with the Crimson Thorn guitar tone and with Luke Reno's ultra guttural death vocals. So fucking brutal. But they pull it off. But they, but other than that, other than the fact that it's obviously Crimson Thorn playing the song, they play it completely straight, <laughs> which is, uh, I don't know, it's weird. I like, I don't know how to feel about it. I, I've gone, I've gone, I, I've listened to it so many times, and I can every time I listen to it, I, like one time I'll listen and I'll be like, this is great, I love this, this is so cool, and then I'll listen to it again and I'll be like, why the hell is that on this record? <laughs> there's no, re there's no reason for this. It's giving me flashbacks, man. A plea for purging is about to get on stage and play. That's what you get for a second time. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what to say. Like it's, uh, it's an experience, but we we can get off of it. I just, I, I got stuck on that, and it's been hard. Uh, <laughs> it's been, it's been really hard to to digest that. And I knew that when we did this episode, I was gonna have to talk about it, and uh, here we are. So my my answer is that it is a cover that you absolutely should hear but you are under no obligation to like it. And if you don't like it, you are under no obligation to tell me that you didn't like it. 2002 purification. So purification is hands down the best sounding Crimson Thorn record. It's got the right balance of heavy guitars. The drums are in the normal space for death metal. And there's just too much vocals. Well, way too much. Uh, but yeah, can you, can you really have too much? You know, it's like telling me that I, that I'm going to eat, you know, cause I'm on vacation, right. That I'm going to eat too many cheeseburger pods when I'm at Disney. I mean, they're $12 <laughs> each. They're $12 each and I'm not rich. So, so you know, I'll eventually have to stop, <laughs> but you know, you, you never know. I mean, unless you don't want me to stop, 
you know, um, patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. Uh, we have some sweet perks. Uh, the $12 tier, make Dan eat cheeseburger pods till he explodes. Um, lack of compassion. The opening track on purification is the catchiest Crimson Thorn song ever written. And it hits hard. It drops in. I mean, just like, it's just so, oh God, it is like, I'm like, holy crap. Like, this is it. This is the band fully realized, you know, this is so cool. And I, I know I always start off with something positive so that I can mix a little bit of turd talk into it afterwards. (laughs) But, um, I wish that the rest of the album sounded just like this song. And sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. We'll we'll get into it. Um, but I mean just the way the way they just the way that they've got have the closest thing this band can have to a chorus is just like holier than thou, holier than thou, holier than thou, holier than thou. It's catchy. I don't know why it's catchy, but it's it's catchy. You guys are setting me up for success when you open your record almost the same way Zayo opens up self titled. It's like the song has the same formula as Five Year Winter. Just give me a low, chromatic, descending riff, brutality, and shredded vocals. This record definitely has the best sound overall, but it's going to upset diehard fans in a few places. For me, I enjoyed all three of these albums because this is that dip in the water of death metal that's not mainstream does mainstream death metal even exist anymore oh yeah well we'll get into it when we talk about a mainstream (laughs) death metal band uh you know lack of compassion 10 out of 10 stars would listen to that song on repeat have listened to that song on repeat but then humbled comes in and humbled is very representative of the type of record that we've got going on here this is where the band is starting to i would say they're i would say they're abandoning death metal it's definitely there but with Withered, you start off with the keyboard, the organ sound again. And I didn't really think much of it because I was like, well, they did do that on the last record once. So, you know, stands to reason that they might that they might do it again or try to do something with it. But then the tremolo picking kicks in and the vocals are higher pitched. And I'm like, OK, so they're, they're doing a black metal thing on a, on a song. Well, that's cool. This I is fine. Enjoy- it's going to be fine, yeah. guys. Yeah, I mean, it's like you guys listen to black metal. I listen to black metal. I can see you're also a man of culture, you know, like, like that, that that sort of thing. Um, but I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know how good it sounds, really, combining these elements the way they're combined. Because what you have is a record that is mixed like a brutal death metal album, uh, but you're not really playing brutal death metal all the time. So whenever they do these other things, it kind of sounds like a Crimson Thorn side project more than it sounds like Crimson Thorn. I guess if, if, if there's any way to say that. And it's it's mean when there's only three records and they've only had two before this. I'm not against a band wanting to change up their sound. I just don't necessarily know if they're as good at playing this sort of mix of black and death metal um, as they are at just playing straight death metal. And, you know, they back off. They back off on it. You get to Sarcastic Deviation. I'm not going to go track by track. I'm just... I'm doing that right now, but I'm not going to do the whole record that way. Uh, they go back on sarcastic deviation to, you know, the sort of the unearthed dissection sound. So you're like, okay, so humbled was just a weird, uh, just like a weird song. It's not bad. It's just weird. It's just different. 
And, you know, I don't know how many brutal death metal fans you know, but we don't really like things that are different. <laughs> we like, we like you know, bands to just kind of do, you know, do, do the same thing. You know, just keep doing that. And for the most part, they, they, they're doing good. You get Sarcastic Deviation, you get Withered. Those are like, again, really good death metal Crimson Thorn songs. And then you get to My Neighbor, and it comes in with like the keyboards and uh, kind of a slower-paced riff, kind of like a little bit of a doom thing. I think this song's really cool. I think if I had to, if I had to be 100% honest, I think my biggest beef with this record is that I don't think the keyboards sound good. Like in my opinion, this is just my opinion. This whole this this whole show is just just my opinion. Um, <laughs> but I just th- I think the keyboards sound hokey. I don't think they blend with the death metal as seamlessly as like the this sort of orchestrated black metal sound. Like like like, like you take you take a a band like Antestor, right? The, a band that was basically made to have keyboards. <laughs> you know what I mean? So everything that they do kind of revolves around that. Whereas here, at worst, there's times where the keyboards sound just tacked on. And um, at best, it it just sounds like they maybe could have picked something that sounded a little bit less storybook, I guess. Because it just, I I feel like it clashes with the death metal. And maybe that's the point, you know? I mean, I know extreme music sometimes is designed specifically to make people uncomfortable. And this definitely makes me feel uncomfortable in a specific way that I don't like. <laughs> don't think keyboards like Death Clock. Think keyboards like The Doors. Apply that logic to your listening experience. It's not what you're expecting, but it pushes the boundary a little bit. This band has a guitarist, a keyboardist who is doubling as the bass player, and it's one of the greatest bands of all time. So now take Crimson Thorn, a good death metal band. They're trying to dip their feet in the black metal. How do we break that stereotype? How do we do something creative and different? I got it, guys. We're not going to record death metal keyboards. We're going to play keyboards like The Doors. Nobody's going to see that coming. And you're right. It's weird. It throws me off. But it doesn't sound bad. If anything, it was a nice try. I'm glad one of the biggest bands in the history of the Christian metal scene tried it instead of some mainstream death metal band that now gets criticized for that time they tried to sound like the doors and ended up putting out the death metal risk. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that they're betraying their sound. I just think that they're mixing their sound. They tried a thing. They did. You're right. I I think maybe I'm being, I'm being a little harsh, but then we need to also talk about the song narrow where the band like, incorporates clean vocals into one of the songs do the clean vocals sound bad on their own no they do not they're not out of key dude played it very safe (laughs) didn't try to do anything crazy but again like the keyboards i just don't feel like it fits and this is a really nice way of saying get your clean vocals out of my brutal death metal record you know we don't we don't we don't we don't need that around these parts um but again, I what I see really with this is that these guys started really getting into like bands like Antestor uh, and some of the more Scandinavian you know metal bands from that scene, and I think they just wanted to branch out and cover more aspects of extreme metal. 
And unfortunately, th- with this being the final album that they released, at least so far, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's been 20 years, so, you know, you take that how you will. Maybe, maybe they'll do something at some point. Uh, I did see the band live at, at Cornerstone, and I believe it was 2006 or 2007, and uh, they put on an incredible show. I loved it. And they said that they were working on a new album at the time and that they were working on a side project that was going to be more black metal keyboard based, which makes me wonder if maybe they had figured it out at that point. Like, you know, we're going to we're going to do this side thing on the side and we're going to keep doing what we do, you know, is the main thing. Um, Let's kind of compartmentalize it a little bit. But, uh, you know, yeah, I think they tried a thing. I don't think it necessarily worked 100 percent, but. Again, there are a lot of people out here that this is their favorite Crimson Thorn album. And I can see why, because on one hand, it is the most diversity on any of their albums. You know, you're not you're not just settled in for one experience. So I think that aspect of it is cool. It's just that the, the different stuff that they tried was not for me. And this is different than me saying like, oh, this is a bad record. Avoid one out of 10 stars. Do not recommend like that sort of thing. Uh, it's more just that I know th- I know people whose preference is stuff like what's on this record. It's just not it's just not my preference. I don't think anything they do they do badly. It just it just doesn't uh, it just doesn't catch me uh, too well. So this is the one I don't really listen to too much. I'll just listen to Unearth. I listen to Unearth mostly and sometimes Dissection if I want to continue uh, getting beat over the head with a tire iron. Final thoughts on Crimson Thorn, Dan. Well, I mean, Crimson Thorn is a band that I think you need to experience at least once. Um, just, you know, and maybe maybe for you it's the novelty of, of a brutal Christian death metal band. I mean, we're enough years in the future now where that shouldn't be a novelty anymore. But uh, I think at the time, uh, I think I think they, uh, they paved the way for a lot of bands that would become more popular. And I really enjoyed their brutality. I enjoyed the riffs. I enjoyed the growls. I think I think overall these guys were really 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 fun revisit for me personally, and um, I yeah I would recommend picking up the anthology of brutality. You get everything. You get the plague demo. You get unearthed. You get dissection, and you get purification all in one package. So uh, you decide. You know, send send us an email or leave us some comments. Let us know uh, how you felt about these records. Crimson Thorn is a good death metal band. A lot of focus in the Christian metal scene is what band does this sound like? At least that's the way it used to be. Crimson Thorn was just a good band. If you take the evangelical piece away from it and just listen to the music, what you're going to get is two and a half albums of straight brutality with enough dirge and enough death metal all the throat shredding vocals and blast beats that you could possibly want in a good death metal band. Yeah, they tried a thing right at the end of the discography. It's still a good three album experience. There is a journey here. And like Dan always says, you can go back to the first album if that's what you're looking for. I think everyone should check out Crimson Thorn. You're going to have a good time unless you just can't let go of the Christian metal thing. Dan, what's your album of the week? My album of the week, well, this one was really hard to pick, but I'm going to have to just go with it. It's going to have to be, um, it's going to have to be, oh, what the future holds by Fit for an Autopsy. 
so good. Will Putney does it again, as he always does. I mean, we we talked about it fit for an autopsy. I mean, there was nothing that we didn't. I don't, we didn't. I don't think we had anything bad to say other than like, please stop beating us in the face so hard we can barely take it. <laughs> the King of Metal strikes again. My album of the week is Distant Eons of Oblivion. So heavy, so brutal. It's like serious bro job. (laughs) (laughs) Take us out, DFT. Thank you guys so much for listening to Discography Discussion. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash discography discussion. You can follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal and on Instagram at Discuss Metal. You can send us an email at show at gmail.com or we could join our Discord server. We've got a link in the show notes that'll take you to our Discord server. We hope to see you there and we want to see how good your meme game is. If you would like to sponsor an episode of Discography Discussion, send us an email again at show at gmail.com. Let us know what your band is or what your company is or what you're selling and we'll see if we can work something out for you. And on that note, this has been episode 259 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things Discography Discussion. And please, send questions and comments to Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. We have some sweet perks. Scrooge McDuckin through your money. $1 a month gets you into that exclusive album review feed. Slightly more than that gets you a shout out on the show. And slightly more than that, you get to be part of the monthly hangout. Hope to see you there. No fear, the truth walks by our side. I'm sure